Welcome to the Love Before 100 podcast. I'm Rachel Birch, and I'm here because everyone says dating in your 40s sucks. So I decided to make a game out of it. Part scavenger hunt, part bucket list. I made a list of all the ways I could meet my person. Then I assigned every task a points value. The goal now, find love before I hit 100. Points or years, whichever comes first. You got me shaking, Welcome back. Okay, so this episode is a big one. And here's why. I have a choice. The last three weeks have been tough. And we are past the tough part. So I could either skip over the last three weeks and just continue on my merry way with my bucket list, crossing things off for your entertainment and amusement. Or I can step outside my comfort zone and tell you what I really want to say, which is what happened the last three weeks. And so I'm going to start by saying this. If you don't like this episode, you're allowed to not like this episode. You're allowed to turn it off and come back to the next episode. You're allowed to turn it off and never come back. You're allowed to not like me. You're allowed to not like what I have to say. You're allowed to feel however you want to feel. And I know you know that, but I have to say that to myself because this week we're going to do it different. I have no script. I don't know if there will be sound effects because I don't even know what I'm going to say. I don't know if there will be music. We'll see what my amazing producer decides to do. But I really want to talk about where... I've been mentally the last couple weeks, just in case, because as I said, when I started this podcast, I am here to entertain and inspire you. But I also want to make sure that those of you who feel alone or aren't in a great place know that you're not alone. I have many friends the last many years that have told me that being in contact with me always makes them feel better, whether they laugh or feel inspired or get something out of our interaction. And I always really liked that I could help people feel better. Not because that would make people like me, but because I know what it feels like to feel worse. I've dealt with um, a lot of emotional feelings. I have had panic attacks. I've dealt with anxiety. I've dealt with different levels of feeling melancholy and apathetic and depressed. But I have to say the last three weeks are something I'd never experienced before. It was a very deep depression. And honestly, as I look back, I realize that that has actually been the case. It just got worse um, for all of 2023 so far. Um, as I've mentioned in many episodes, I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not hiding it. I talked about crying a lot, but I mistakenly thought it had to do with dating and not having a partner or being lonely. And I think that that was definitely a piece of it. But what happened over the last three weeks gave me such a different perspective and actually helped me pull out of it that I just want to share because I feel like it might help somebody. So like I said, if this isn't for you, things are going to get really good. I have some really funny, amazing ideas now that I'm pulled out of that dark, dark place. But I just feel called to share this part of my journey. So for those of you that are interested and still listening, I think I'll say 
couple weeks ago, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had been feeling sad and I had been crying. And I did that episode called Emotional Roller Coasters, where I said I was just constantly crying. And again, I really thought it had to do with dating and how demoralizing and, you know, depressing and hopeless it can get. But one night I woke up and I felt really dark. I've suffered with panic attacks in the past. And like I said, I've, I've had these periods of depression where I've been able to kind of process the feelings. And I would say over the last couple of months, it's definitely affected my desire to do things and available amount of bandwidth that I had for the outside world, right? Like when you're in that place, you really want to preserve for, if you're a mom, your kids, and then um, your immediate family, and then your closest friends, right? There's a kind of, circles of what you can actually deal with. And so I noticed that I had less and less bandwidth available. So one night, like three weeks ago, I woke up and I felt like my depression and my anxiety had clashed and it got really bad. And I actually started to feel afraid for myself. And then what happened was, I don't know, maybe a miracle. And I have to say this, I'm not giving medical advice. I'm not even giving medical suggestions. I am sharing my story for entertainment purposes only. Do not use this story to compare or judge or try to figure out. I'm just saying I've been in a bad place and this is what happened. I'm up in the middle of the night. I'm scared. I'm feeling like what is happening to my mind And then all of a sudden I realized, you guys know I've talked about the book Untethered Soul before. What I noticed was happening that there was a part of me that was feeling depressed and there was a part of me that was observing me feeling depressed and feeling afraid for myself, right? So in the Untethered Soul, they talk about the part of you that's doing the things and then there's the observer. And for me, what that did was it gave me distance from the depression. It made the depression feel outside of myself or not in my brain. It felt like it was in my body. And in that moment, I thought, oh my God, I think this is hormone. I think this is like a perimenopausal depression, which is a very real thing. I've learned before menopause, if you're a woman and you're in your 40s, You can have all sorts of symptoms, right? Like I don't have any hot flashes. Sadly, I do not have a decrease in libido. It's very hard being single and not having your libido go down. In fact, it's way up. So I didn't have any of those symptoms. But what I did have was this brain fog and this depression. And like I said, if these are symptoms that you're feeling, check with your doctor, right? Check your hormones, But it was in that moment that I realized this has nothing to do with men. This has nothing to do with dating. This has nothing to do with heartbreak or breakups or any of that kind of stuff. Yes, there's a piece of it that gets triggered and I get to go into it because of this, but this is hormones. And the voice, the observer voice for me got really strong in that moment and said, we're not going down like this. There was a part of me that was like, we're going to fight back. We're not going to sit and process emotions that aren't real, right? This isn't about, because I started going to this whole, like, maybe I'll be single for the rest of my life. And maybe I'm going to mourn that. No, that's not what was happening. This was, 
hormonal. So the part of me that wanted to fight, right, made an appointment with my naturopath, made an emergency appointment with my hormone doctor, um, made a Reiki session. I was just going to like hit everything. So first I met with my naturopath and he gave me a protocol of a bunch of things, which I started. The next day I had my appointment with my Reiki practitioner and she asked me, what do you want to get out of this session? And I said, the will to live. That's what, those are the words that came out of my mouth. And I was like, wow, that's dramatic. But I had really gotten to this place where I just felt very apathetic about everything. And I thought that I was just really happy, <laughs> happy with my life as it was. So I didn't want anything more. I wasn't trying to go for any goals, which is against like my nature, right? I love going after goals and manifesting things. And I just thought there's really nothing that I want. And I thought that was a place that was from a place of satisfaction. But it was actually from this kind of depressive, hormonal, apathetic place that I had gotten to. And the other thing that had happened was I had a call with my friend Kyle, who um, you guys know from episode, I think, three. And I was talking about these like dopamine hits that I was getting, right? Like matching with new guys, chatting with them checking stats on the podcast, all these things that would superficially elevate my mood in a kind of pattern, right? So if you've ever chatted with a guy and you look forward to getting his messages and then you do, or, you, or he messages or he watches your Instagram stories or whatever it is, you can kind of create these like dopamine hits. And for me, it was almost like a dopamine addiction. So I had committed, we had both committed to kind of not doing that for a period of time. And then we were going to come back and kind of see what the results were. And that's when I noticed that the depression really got bad because I had taken away these artificial fluctuations in my mood. The things that had given me these highs, I had taken away. And I'm not necessarily suggesting that. I did it in this like dopamine detox kind of way. And with everything else that was going on, it was just this like perfect storm of darkness for me. So I had this session with a Reiki practitioner and I said, the will to live. And we started looking at the things that I was focusing on in my life. And it was all these lifeless things, that dead relationship, right? That was like so dead. My brother's passing. My brother passed away in front of me um, by choking, like an accidental choking, obviously, when he was six. and. I have a lot of trauma around that. And I've talked about it and I've processed it and I've gone through it, but like, it's still there. When my older son turned seven, there was such a relief in my body that I didn't realize was there. There was this holding on until he got through his sixth year. And now that my second son was getting close to turning seven, it was just so much anxiety and then once he turned seven, I expected to have the same thing, but he started asking for the exact toy that my brother had choked on. He choked on a um, bouncy ball and it just brought up so much anxiety and fear. And so I had, like I said, this perfect storm of hormones, taking away the dopamine, my son turning seven, this focus on things that were no longer alive. So she had me write down all the things I was releasing and bury it in the, in the ground. And I went to the beach and I buried it in the sand. 
And then the next day, my body worker, who is amazing and is usually booked up months in advance, texted me and said he had a cancellation. So I was able to get in. And he does this thing called emotion code where you can release trapped emotions from your body, supposedly, right? There's the, the skeptic in me that's always like, are you sure? But I have to say, after the protocol and the Reiki and the body work, I felt amazing. I felt like my old me that I haven't felt like in probably six months. I felt excited. I felt creative. I felt confident. I felt fun. It felt like this like veil had lifted. And I have to say, it's only been three weeks. So there's definitely some anxiety around, is this going to come back? If this is cyclical, if this is my hormones, is it going to come back? And one, I talk about it to take the power away because like I said, I am someone who's going to isolate. I'm going to shut down when I am feeling overwhelmed. But one thing that I've done differently this time is that I've connected with friends and I've shared with a couple of them where I'm at. And the love and support has been incredible. These are friends and and the, the two most amazing. The two friends that their love has impacted me the most is my best friend from high school and my best friend from college, people that have been around forever, but that I have never let love me. And one of them is going through a very, very, very tough time, severe medical issues. And we just cried together for each other. I mean, it was something... That was so intimate that I've not experienced before. And I have to say this about friends. And I've been this type of friend, so there's no judgment. But a lot of my friends didn't know that I was going through this. A lot of my friends didn't have the bandwidth to handle this. And some of my friends were there and knew. And because I don't think they've experienced anything like it, they weren't really able to show up the way that I needed them to. And again, that's not with judgment. It's the same thing with. Um, my divorce, right? Like people that have not been through divorce don't know how to show up for you. In fact, this same friend that's going through this medical thing a couple months before she learned about her medical thing apologized because she was like, I was not a great friend to you when you were going through your divorce. People just don't know. They don't know what you need. And honestly, I didn't know what I needed. So this is no judgment on that. And like I said, I've been the friend who didn't have the bandwidth before. But the two that have shown up it's such a gift to be able to do that and to be able to receive that. And so being on the other side of it now feels eye-opening because looking back, I didn't realize what was happening. I thought I was just having an off day or an off period. I thought, well, you know what? It's lonely doing life without a partner. I'm going on five years now, six years. Like, you know, when do I get to catch a break? And the me that is here now really does love her life. She loves her friends. She loves her family. She loves her podcast and her business and her mission. And I joined a gym and I'm working on all sorts of things. And I do feel complete without a partner. But I will say this, don't worry. As I've promised many times, this is not the podcast that's going to show you that I can fall in love with myself and be fine. We're still going to keep going. Like I said in the beginning, I have some like really fun ideas. We get to go back to how it was 
when I started the podcast with um, the whole sex in the city meets jackass, like, you know, just it's for my amusement. It's to make me laugh. It's to make you laugh. It's to inspire you to get outside your comfort zone and get a hobby and do some fun things with this one life that we get. But I have to say, like I said, sometimes it gets really hard and it gets dark. And sometimes you just don't want to go on. And that doesn't have to look like suicidal thoughts. It can look like I just want to lay down and give up. I just want to throw in the towel. I just don't want to do this anymore. You lose your spark. You lose your light. You lose all the things that make life so great. And it's tough. And it's, if you're feeling lonely because you don't have a partner, it feels even lonelier and it feels even worse. And if you're like me and you're an emotional eater who um, eats to get through your emotions, I mean, I have to say, it was just kind of like I started gaining weight, my hair started falling out and I was like, okay, this is it. This is the end, right? I started this whole podcast by telling you my Cinderella story and I went into this whole like, woe is me. I actually wrote it down. Let's see if I can find it. It was like so dramatic, but it's how I was feeling. I'm going to be a little embarrassed to read it, but we have no secrets here, right? I said that. We have no secrets here. Cinderella. Okay. I'm going to read it to you. I started the podcast by sharing my Cinderella story with you. I had no idea at the time that it had an expiration date. A year to the day of meeting the guy on the plane, it struck midnight. I had been the bell of my own ball for one year and then poof, it turned back into a pumpkin. I started to gain more weight, my hair started falling out again, and I couldn't stop crying. As I fell asleep one night crying, I told myself, it's okay. Love is just not for you. There, there. I was done. My purpose and mission and focus had become clear. Be the best, most loving mother possible. Be loved that way. That was 20 days ago. And today I feel so much different. And like I said, I just felt like I wanted to do an episode that's not scripted, that's not all polished, that's not all beautiful and funny and wonderful. This is a side of me. This is a side of me. And in this whole dating process, one thing I've noticed, men love the comedian side of me. They like the smart, funny, bubbly, confident, uh, assertive, adventurous, um, what's it called? Motivated, right? Achiever part of me. They're intrigued by that. I had one guy that was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with you. I can't wait to meet you. And then I started to feel a little insecure and I actually showed him that part. And from that moment on, he was not interested at all which just means he wasn't compatible and a good match for me. But I think I started to hide that part. And so I feel like, yeah, there is a side of me that's confident and funny and smart. And there's a side of me that's assertive. And there's a side of me that loves going for goals. And there's a side of me that likes to be cheeky. And there's also a side of me that cries a lot and is shy and is self-conscious and worries that people aren't going to like me or whatever. And that's just as much a part of me as the comedian. So today's episode is just bringing her to the forefront and saying, you know what? I have this side and I've been there and I got through it and you can too, but get support, whatever that looks like. 
see a doctor for sure, right? There could be something that like medically can be adjusted. Lean on your faith and spirituality if you have it. Read books. Lean on your support system. Allow your friends to see you. Another note that I wrote in my phone recently, you guys know how I love my notes, was this. I wrote, if you think I didn't like you, you're wrong. I didn't like myself and I couldn't let people in. I definitely, and I've shared about this, had a habit of rejecting people before they rejected me. And I didn't even know that that was a habit, but it's a thing that people do. And so just remember, what people think of us is none of our business, right? Like, let people in, the right people. Let them help you. They want to. And these could be people that are right under your nose. You are not alone. Yeah, that's all I got for today. And next time, like I said, we're going to go back to the old kind of way of doing things with the sound effects and the music, which I love. I love doing that. It's so fun. And my producer's so good at it. And I know you guys love it, but I also want to help those of you that are maybe not having the best time in your life right now and just tell you you're not alone. You are not alone. Get help. Let people love you. And come back for the next episode. It'll be way more uplifting and fun, but not better, right? It's all relative. So till next time. I hope you loved that episode of Love Before 100. Be sure to tune in next time to see what happens and to help me cross another thing off my bucket list. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Love Before 100 to guarantee you don't miss a thing.